Welcome to the Holiday Show. Yeah, I know if you listen to this regularly and you get the show right when it drops, it's barely been Halloween. I know I'm early. Trust me, I'm totally with you. I freaked out because in mid-October, I was watching football and they already started running Christmas commercials. But every year, there are specific holiday trends for first-time homebuyers. So it's the Holiday Show and let's get you festively educated. What is up? Are you freaking out that I'm talking about the holidays already? Well, welcome to the pre-holiday edition of the How to Buy a Home podcast. I'm David Sedoni, host of the How to Buy a Home podcast, and this is the undisputed top podcast for first-time homebuyers seeking knowledge out here in podcast land. And that's not decided by me, but that's actually decided by the results Incredible stuff is happening here. We've got over 200 first-time homebuyers since the podcast began that have bought their first home with the help of this podcast. And who knows how many more have just listened and took the advice and bought a home and just didn't bother to tell me. It's all good as long as I'm helping in some way I'm happy. We've got another 500 listeners working on a home plan with uh, unicorn teams all over North America. 13 of them are actually under contract right now. I'm recording this uh, a couple days before Halloween. So that means that they are freaking out, hoping that they close on their home and get their keys before Thanksgiving. I actually personally have some buyers pulling what I like to call the cray cray trifecta. Get this. They are closing on their first home the day before Thanksgiving weekend. Then they're having a baby in early December, and then they're getting married right after that. I don't recommend that to any y'all out there, but hey, more power to them. So speaking of crazy scheduling, no, that, my friends, is a professional segue. The holiday season creates some annual changes in the home buying experience, and today we're going to hit three topics that'll help you out if you're looking to try to get some things going during the holiday times. Topic number one, I'm going to give you some annual seasonal trends that could help you out either this holiday season or maybe 2022 or 2023. Topic number two, I'm going to dive into some more tips on how to buy in a competitive market. Can't ever talk about that enough because it's not going away. And tip number three, I'm going to wrap up with a little reminder of the secret amazing down payment assistance program that's available to many of you this holiday season. It's a hidden trick that the big companies don't want you to know about. All right, let's start with topic number one. Topic number one has four positives about buying during the holiday season. So topic number one is going to have four subtopics, positives about buying in the holiday season. You got it? If that math is too confusing for you, <laughs> wait till you try to figure out your mortgage and APR. Okay, here we go. Positive subtopic number one, increased housing supply. Now, this is not normal. This is absolutely not something that we see. Every holiday season since the beginning of time, it's always a decrease in housing. And that makes sense. Because usually it fall off a cliff because people don't want to deal with showing their homes when they're so busy during the holiday season or they've got family staying with them so they don't want to do it then. Well, leave it to 2021 to break the rules and be completely jacked up. The number of homes available that we should be seeing 
it's going against the norm because it's showing a slight increase. According to Realtor.com, you can expect to see more listings that are coming onto the market in October. And that came true. This article was out and it happened. It's the end of October and we saw it. We saw roughly 17 to 18% more homes available than we saw at the beginning of the year. So why is that? Well, one of the reasons is because sometimes people just suck. And there are some people that have been sitting around all spring and summer and they saw their neighbor's home sell for 10 or 20% more than they thought they would. And they're like, dude, sign me up if I can get that much for my house. So there are a lot of greedy people out there that are going to make their families deal with putting their home on the market during the holiday seasons because they see money, money, money. Now, combine that with the fact that also as we go into fall and winter here, the COVID restrictions are loosening up and the kids vaccine is on the horizon just in time for the holidays. Things are starting to loosen up. Now, remember this, though. Anything that you hear about real estate stats coming up for the next six months, this is October 2021. If you're in the future, hi, how are you? But this is for you. If you're hearing things from the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022, know that every single stat is going to sound extreme. And that's very simple equation. We had the lowest inventory in the history for most of 2021. So anytime inventory goes up a little bit, you're going to be here. The headline number of homes on the market is a record high for this year. It just means that now it's gone up a little bit and it's still the second lowest in history. It's just higher than it was at the beginning of the year when it was the lowest it ever was. Same thing with mortgage rates. You're going to hear mortgage interest rates are climbing way up. Yeah, they're climbing up from the lowest interest rate that happened in 2021. Ever since man could utter the phrase, I loan you money, you give me extra, pay me back. Ever since man could utter that phrase, there's never been lower interest rates than 2021. So just keep that in mind. Now, inventory is going to be up this holiday season, and that is unusual. But when you hear that stat, don't get all excited because it's still going to be a battle. It's going to be up from the lowest amount of homes for sale ever. So it's still going to be a deep search for you, and you're probably going to run into those bidding wars. So I suggest that you wrap your presents early. And then when you go to open houses, you can take those sweet wrapping paper cardboard tubes and smack your competition the way that I used to smack my sister. It was all in good holiday fun. Don't cancel me. All right. Now, to prove my theory about the headlines, Positive subtopic number two is fewer bidding wars. Now, I know I just told you that there's still going to be bidding wars, but the deal is there probably will be fewer. So like I mentioned, that is a true stat, but it's fewer than what? Okay, you're probably going to run into 10 offers on your home instead of 30, but you're still competing with 10 different offers. But hey, take what you get. Find the positives, man. A handful of offers that you're battling against is better than a tote bag or a suitcase full of offers. There's also a few reasons why this happens. There's going to be more homes available, like we talked about. And during this time, there's going to be some buyers that might just be shutting down during the holiday season, that busy fourth quarter into the year. A lot of times they just bail on it. So you should see a slight decline in the number of bidding wars with both those factors offsetting each other. Less offers is a better chance of being the top bid. 
but you still have to be a strong offer as well. So how do you do that? Well, sure, you can go to episode 46 and listen to my tips on how to win a bidding war, but here's my biggest tip. The episodes 46 where I talk about winning a bidding war and the topic number two today, this is subtopic number two. Remember, we're going to topic number two. I'm going to give you some more tips. This isn't for you to learn all the secrets from an industry insider and write it all down and then go get your sister who just got a real estate license and have her help you write the offer and you tell her what to do. I love your sis and I want good things for her, but I want better for you. I want you to win. There's a whole lot of this info here and in the other episode and well, in all the other episodes, and it's simply to prepare you for what's going to happen. And then the main thing for you to do is go out and hire a bad elf unicorn team. Bad elf. Do you like that? That's my holiday curse word replacement. Listen to the episodes, hire the best because you can. We're all the same price. Free. You're killing me, Larry. I don't know. Do you guys get that commercial? You're killing me, Larry. Maybe that's a Southern California thing. Google it. It's ridiculous. And watch as your unicorn takes all the tricks that we've talked about and not to mention some other tricks that they might have in their own local area and they help you win the bidding war battle. Hey, the good news is this positive subtopic number two, there probably will be less of the bidding wars happening, but that just means a lower number doesn't mean they're going to be gone completely. So you still need a bad elf advocate representing you to get it done. All right, positive subtopic number three for the holiday season, adjusted home prices. Yeah, now this is a funky one because prices are still going to be going up, but you will see some listing prices reducing. Now, once again, the headline, if you don't understand all the data behind it, it get kind of crazy, so let's get into it. According to our friends at Realtor.com again, recently near the end of 2021, we actually saw the peak weeks for price reductions. They took data per week and they found out that some of the biggest price reductions were happening in October as we were getting towards the holidays. Sounds great for buyers, right? I mean, usually this is a reaction to when housing supply ticks up. When there's more inventory out there, sellers need to look for creative ways to make their house stand out in the pack. So as we near the holiday season in this insane 2021, you may think that it's lots of people who really want to sell their home at the end of the year. So they're reducing their price. Yeah, it could be. But there's also some other things. When you see price reductions, keep all this in mind. Remember, you might have some of those sucky, greedy people that I talked about earlier. They saw that Margaret down the street got way more than they thought she should for her dump of a place. So they figured they could easily get 75000 more than her crap shack. Well, then they list their home and they list it way too high. And now by reducing their home back to normal, they end up becoming part of those statistics of price reductions. And sure, it's great that they're finally going to be out there with the right priced home but don't expect them to be thrilled when you come in at the market value price or that they're even going to definitely not going to be thinking about wanting to sell their home for below that because in their dumb heads, they already lost money because for some reason they thought that they'd price it super high and they would get offers at that price. And now they've had to reduce it to the actual market value. But the positive good news is, yes, there are other price reductions that you see that are include some of the sellers that are starting to get desperate. 
And maybe they want to sell their home before the holidays. Because think about it. If you have your home up in September and October, November, December rolls around and everyone gets busy. If you don't get a buyer to come in and buy it, what happens in January? Now, in January, you have a home that's been on the market for four months. How many of you guys out there are active buyers right now? What would you think if you saw a home that was on the market for four months? Yeah, what the hell is wrong with it? That's exactly what you would think. So some of the folks will be reducing their prices and looking to close by the end of the year. And that is good news for you. And positive subtopic number four for the holiday season. People get mushy during the holidays. Now, look, I never tell you to count on emotion when you're buying a home, especially now, man. This market is chain sellers. All those sweet little families that put their home up and just trying to get a fair price and they think it'll take two, three months to sell their house and they're looking to someone at the open house, like a nice family that's going to love their house as much as they did. Yeah, no, that's changed. Now they're all money-hungry auctioneers with dollar signs in their eyes like cartoon characters and their emotion out the window. And they cannot wait to make an extra 50 grand than they thought they were going to because they want to buy themselves a big old truck for Christmas. But if you are ever going to pull on some emotional strings, if you're ever going to get Buddy the Elf's workaholic dad to shed a tear and think with his heart instead of his wallet, it's the holiday season when Zoe Deschanel is singing Santa Claus is coming to town on a street outside of Central Park. And if they don't accept your offer, try caroling at their home. Everybody can sing. It's like talking, except louder, and you move your voice up and down. Okay, let's go to topic number two. We're going to get into some tips for buying in a competitive market. I already did a whole episode on this, but let me give you some other thoughts about it. Number one, be patient. Finding your perfect home is always a process of elimination, not a process of selection. This is not a car where you go to the lot and if you find the car you like, but you don't like the interior, the dealer can call around to find one in black leather instead of tan. That is especially true in the housing market. So start thinking about this to help you when you're trying to buy in a competitive market. Some of the homes that don't look so great to everybody else have less competition. So if you see the home for what it is, you might be in a less competitive bidding war. Look for the intangibles in the home. That's what I tell all my buyers. The intangibles, the things you can't change, the lot size, the location of the neighborhood, the vibe of the neighborhood. If you're buying a condo, this is a huge one. The location of a condo in the unit. As a matter of fact, this morning, a couple hours ago, we're showing some buyers a condo and there's like four of them in a row. And then the fifth one, it's not at the end of the row. It's kind of off to the side. And so not only is it an end unit, but it's off to the side and out the front door is an HOA maintained huge grass area. The rest of them just have like a sidewalk out their front door. This one, it's like getting your own front yard. It's pretty awesome. That's a great intangible. You're going to be looking at the closest things to the properties, your life basics, your grocery shopping, your retail shopping, you Target lovers out there, how close is the Target? How close is the 7-Eleven if you love Slurpees? Coffee shops, schools, restaurants, walking, hiking, biking trails, cul-de-sacs if you love playing over the line or three flies up. What does it back up to? Do you have a beautiful view, but it happens to be a dump or an airport? And one of the other intangibles is, is the floor plan. Is it going to be really tough to change the floor plan? Because sometimes that can get really expensive. 
but sometimes you can adjust it for not too much. Remind yourself, don't get hung up on the flooring, the paint, the carpet, the blinds, or the other cosmetic issues. I find that people watch HGTV and they, it's like they learn the wrong lesson. You walk in and you think you want the home in the last five minutes of the show. No, the lesson should be that when you walk in, if you see the home in the first five minutes of the show, that now you know how to make it the one in the last five minutes of the show. And in this particular market, man, you're going to have much less competition if you find that one that needs a little work up at the top. Get ready to compromise. This is a big part of buying in this market. It's a process of elimination, not selection. I tell my buyers, picture your perfect home and imagine that now that your picture of a perfect home has become a jigsaw puzzle. The one that you want to start writing offers on, the ones that you want to try, it never has all the pieces of the puzzle. Every single home you walk into is going to be your perfect home, and then you're going to take pieces of the puzzle away. The home that's going to be right for you because it's a process of elimination, not selection, that's going to be the one with the least amount of puzzle pieces taken from your perfect picture. And the way you can do that is know your priorities. Which puzzle pieces do you have to have? A lot of times on the shows, they talk about the must-haves and the like-to-haves. Sure, that's the way you want to say it. Rock on. And another huge, huge tip. Know your numbers. I see people that spend so much time thinking about inspections and plumbing and electricity and foundation and geology and geography. And you know what they don't put their time into? Figuring out the creative options to be able to buy the home. That is far more important for you than all the rest of the inspection stuff. Hire people for that. Know your numbers because when you walk in, it could change what you are thinking about buying and you don't know until you walk in. Do you want to pay more for something? It's not just the simple equation of, oh, okay, you know what? I'll pay more for this one. You have to know the entire process. And I explain this in a whole bunch of different episodes when we go over all the different ways for reducing your down payments and 401ks and all that stuff. It's real simple. If you're conservative, but you've researched with your unicorn lender and you know creative ways to stretch, you know all that before you ever even go look at a home. And so now you can work the system and you know how to use your numbers. So you go in, you're conservative, you don't want to do anything, great. Well, now you look at a $375,000 home and it works, but then you go see a home for $425,000 and you go, man, that's going to be perfect for years. Well, what does that do to your numbers? Well, now you know you're going to stay in that home for 20 years. and The other one, you might only stay in for 10 years. And that means you have to sell, which means that costs you money. Okay, that's interesting. You can walk out of the $375,000 home, stand in the yard, talk about it. Then you can go into the $425,000 home, stand in the yard, talk about it, and go, all right, it's time to call my mom and beg for money. Because you've done the numbers and you realize, if I just get this much of a little loan, we'll be able to do it. You'll be able to sit, stand on the yard at the $425,000 house and say, okay, look, we didn't want to do anything with our 401k, but if we reduce our 401k contributions by $300 a month, that'll make up for some of the payment that we have there. And are we good with doing that for this home versus not doing that, but sacrificing all the way down to that 375 home, which felt totally different. You can talk about lowering your down payment, something I've talked about in many episodes, going from 20 to 10% down so you can go up a little bit in price. And then you use that liquid cash that you save to cover the higher payment in the PMI. 
All right. There are all kinds of creative solutions like this in all those other episodes on how much to put down and getting the right monthly payment. Now, this is a tip about something that sometimes people do. I think it's because they want their agent to like work really hard and get them a good deal. And so they keep a secret from their agent. They've got extra cash or extra something and they don't tell the agent because they just want them to go and get them the best deal they can with this amount. And then if they find something they really love, they'll go, oh, by the way, guess what? I do have that extra money. So let's go ahead and get that. I'm telling you, please don't do that. Don't withhold information and try to make your realtor or your lender meet all of your criteria for a certain price when you know you could actually go a little bit more than that. I've had this happen. We'll be looking at homes for months and then they go, oh, you know what? We actually have a $50,000 extra that we can get from my aunt. And from what we've seen so far, we really think we should bump it up because what we're looking at right now, it's not really what we want. And you know what my answer was to those people? Okay, that's great. We can do that. Just so you know, for the record, the perfect home for you that you're describing, it's actually, I've never seen a home this fantastic for sale at that price. And it was for sale two weeks ago, but I didn't show it to you guys because you said you really, really didn't want to go up to that price. And now that home is sold. That is a true story. So don't think your realtor or your lender will magically work harder and find some super trick to squeeze out a home at a deal, especially in this market. It's a trust game. And it's a lifelong relationship. If you have a good unicorn team, a good unicorn bubble, they're going to give you fantastic service because they want you, your friends and your family and everyone else to go to them and you to be someone who refers them. Okay, last one. This is speed. Now, you've got to do your research ahead of time and know the market value before you go look at homes. I'm telling you, don't just go out there blind because when you do see something, bam, you got to move quick. If you just browse first without getting all your ducks in a row, inevitably you're going to be browsing and see a home that you love. You want to offer a at list price and you're not comfortable bidding over list because you haven't done your research yet. And then you're probably going to lose the home. If you've studied and you and your unicorn team inside your unicorn bubble have assessed the market value of each home that catches your eye, you're going to confidently know what to offer and let the battle begin without hesitation. Again, more insider tips on that in episode 46. And in your local area, a good unicorn team is even going to have more than the stuff that I gave you in episode 46. There are some local things that could be out there, so hire the best. And for my third and final topic today on the holiday episode is the secret, amazing down payment assistance program that's available to many of you this holiday season. The hidden trick that all the big lenders don't want you to know about. You longtime listeners know what it is. Every time at this year, I like to remind you that you are not in this alone. Some of you might not have friends or family to help you out, but you've got me. <laughs> so is that more depressing to think of it in that way? Totally not my intention. Very, very sorry. Anyway, at least you have guidance from a pro who cares. And I know my information is often wrapped in cringy dad jokes and horrible puns and other stupid things, but it's earnest and that comes from the heart. And it is correct. <laughs> I had to say that a little tentatively because oftentimes one thing you don't have that other people who do have friends and family is they get a bunch of advice that sucks, that is just wrong. Just no. Bless their hearts. Thank you, family. But 
If you are one of the lucky ones to have friends and family willing to assist you and support you and perhaps give you some down payment assistance, it's right there in the name. Down payment assistance. That's what you're asking for. Just a little help. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be a happy surprise to them that you only need three or three and a half percent down, not 20% like they thought. As I mentioned before, the OG home buyers, boy, they've got a lot of bogus information. And hey, if you're military, it's zero down with no PMI. All you need is your closing costs. Now, with the holidays, for some of us, Thanksgiving is a cheesy commercial of family good times. Isn't it lovely in that blurry camera lens? And for some of us, it's a powder keg of tension around the table with passive-aggressive snide remarks and underlying tones of what the hell are you doing with your life and why did you have to bring him or her or your dog to Thanksgiving? So knowing that, why would I advise you that this is the best time to get your biggest untapped resource for getting extra money to assist you with your home purchase? Well, it's because I love chaos and I want to toss a huge drum of gasoline on the dumpster fire of your holidays. No. Okay, maybe. Well, maybe it's because I know that your best shot, and this is the real real estate fact, your best shot at five, ten, twenty thousand dollars coming to you as an assistance is not through a government down payment assistance program. Those are difficult. Your best shot is sitting there right at the holiday table with you. So here's the annual holiday down payment tactic. Some of this stuff I put in the last year's episode, some of this stuff is brand spanking new. Okay, we'll start with those of you without family support or maybe a family is just dead ass broke. You are not alone. No worries, you can do this. Hey, if you want to go back and listen to episode 33, that's my peeps, Alvin and Ashley. Yeah, that's right, Alvin and Ashley. Alvin's a DJ or photographer. I don't know what his current job is right now. He's got a real tech job, but then he does all this other stuff on the side. Classic L.A. dude. You know what I'm saying? He's dope. And Ashley, she's a girl from Compton. What's up, Ashley? And with no family help, they bought a $700,000 home in L.A. Or L.A. adjacent. For reals. So you can do this, y'all. First up, if you're on your own, don't fret. You're already my hero. I say this. You're already my hero for listening. You're a doer. And here's some encouragement for you. You're curious, and I know that you're going to hit the action steps with more ferocity than the people who feel like they've got a safety net. I would bet on you a hundred times that you're going to get to the finish line faster than someone who's given a gift. Here's your action steps. First, slow your roll during the holiday gift giving season. Your real friends are going to respect what you're doing with your budget and support you. And they're going to support your decision with love. Give yourself the gift this year of a fatter bank account so you can buy a home for yourself since you might not have the luxury of asking family for help. And as far as your gift giving, make it a gift giving season of experiences that you want to share with your friends. Instead of spending money on gifts for them, take them out one night, drive around, look at all the Christmas tree lights, go to a tree lighting ceremony, have a fire pit hang somewhere with blankets and s'mores, go see a cheesy mall kids choir show. The kids will appreciate it. Or seriously, volunteer at a homeless shelter or a nursing home with them. Give back over the holidays. Go caroling. Make gingerbread houses together with graham crackers and candy. That's what my family does. Or share the greatest gift of all. Text them this podcast. Oh, kidding. Okay, another thing you can do is you can text your friends the gift of a down payment for Christmas. 
And then if you've got a really tight group of people, tell them that you don't want Starbucks gift cards or bottles of Fireball or Funko Pop collectible things, all that crap you don't need. Tell them, hey, I'm looking to get a down payment for my house. You don't have to give me $100,000, but if you were going to buy me something random for 20 bucks, cool. Let me put it in a bank account that says buying a house. And third, you can go back and listen to the How to Financially Prepare to Buy a Home seven-part series. That starts at episode 19 in the podcast. Look, if you're on your own and it's nobody but you, just like everything else you've done in your life, get on it and make this happen. You can do this. No matter where you are in the process, you can do this. And if you're looking for a little help, a little guidance, go to howtobuyahome.com, fill out the contact form, and let me know that you're looking for a unicorn team to give you some guidance. Ask a question there if you want to. Just take a step. You don't know exactly where you are, but we do, and we can point you in the right direction. Get a pro that cares about you, that believes in you like I do. I said this one time, I think I said this on the one last year. If you listen to this and you're like, all right, this guy makes sense, cool. Pause the podcast right now. Pause it. Go to howtobuyhome.com. Might take a little bit of time to load because I'm working on it. Oh, wait, you could be listening to this a year from now. It loads beautifully, doesn't it? Go to howtobuyhome.com or davidsedoni.com and email me. Fill out the contact form right now. Yeah, email. I'm old. Deal with it. It's your life. And the sooner you get on this, the sooner you win. Now, for the rest of us, those of you out there who, ooh, the Thanksgiving table is just a burning pit of problems and things that can happen. Well, the greatest down payment assistance program ever is sitting there across the table. For some of you, if it is that crazy dumpster fire of an event, then they're dying for you to say anything responsible. So do it just to see the shock on their face. Now, think about it. How do they know you're taking this seriously if you don't tell them? By letting them know, you could be very surprised with the result. Now, I've got something you can do. Try this. Sit down at the dinner table, and then when there's a pause in the conversation, just say this. You know, I've been researching historical mortgage interest rates versus housing appreciation and affordability, along with the current inventory shortage due to the pandemic fears and the builder slowdown because lumber was up like 300%. And I've decided that it's time to be responsible. I want to take a hard look at my finances. When I did, I saw that through the research and reading that I did during my usual video game time or goofing around on social media, I found out that I'm ready to leverage my largest monthly wasted expense into an appreciating asset instead of rent. But first, obviously, you know, I need to minimize my debt, work on my credit, continue developing my savings plan and put myself in the optimum position to take advantage of the low rates, which I'm sure that you guys realize it's the strongest buying power that young first-time buyers have had in years, thanks to the Fed artificially keeping mortgage rates incredibly low, along with keeping an eye on the 10-year treasury bill, which of course is the simplest economic indicator of where the mortgage rates are going to be next quarter. Pass the mashed potatoes. Try that. See what happens. Or just try to remember anything that they've been harping on you about and ragging on you about for years. I bet one or two of those financial things that they've been giving you grief about is somewhere in the podcast. It's probably in there somewhere. And this is all written out for you. The transcripts are right there at howtobuyahome.com. You can print out an episode and tape it to the back of your brother's chair and use it as a cheat sheet. Use the math. Your personal math. I did have one guy that he went to his family, not during the holidays, but just after listening to an episode, and he made charts and graphs and all kinds of stuff to show him how his rent over the next one, two, three years versus buying. 
Now, if they say the market's going to drop, cool. Trust me on that. Agree with them. Then casually as dinner goes along, slip in some of the facts from my bubble, not a bubble episodes, 47 and 48. Now, this might not work, I know, but that doesn't convince them as a last resort. You can let them know that you got all this information from a guy that told you you should be ready for a recession, even if you're buying a house. Oh, and then he told me that back in November of 2019, before things went up and up and up. So listen to the episodes on talk to them about house hacking. Go back and listen to the episodes where I talked about that with roommates and potential co-signing from them. You can pay them back the loan with the roomy rent. You can let them know that eventually you think real estate investing will actually help you have a secure financial future. Because for most of us, that's all our family wants. Show them you're serious. I even suggested this at one time, and I'm still suggesting it. Make a grand gesture. Let them know that you understand how much your car payment can be if you transferred it from a car payment to a mortgage payment. Say, look, right now at today's interest rates, my $300 a month car payment equals about $60,000 worth of loan for a home. Now, if I subtract that $300 car payment from my monthly debt and I add it to my usable income for a loan qualification, I could get $60,000 more in house. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sell my car during the holiday season and take a little bit of the savings that I've got and buy a used ride, some awful little nothing car, or ask them, say, hey, you know that hunk of junk you got in the garage? Can I, me and my friends, take $800 and try to fix it up and I'll drive around on that piece of crap? Big gesture. But by showing them, you understand what it means to take away $300 a month because it can buy you more house. They're probably going to be more willing to see that you're responsible and to help out with a loan for the down payment and the closing costs. One of the things I tell them all the time too, at Thanksgiving, that's why I'm releasing this a little before Thanksgiving, give everyone a savings account number or a Venmo account or something and tell them all you want for Christmas is contributions to that. Tell them if they bought something, return it. Let them know you ain't playing. I've had people do this and this sounds crazy, but start a GoFundMe for your relatives. Make a video explaining what you're doing and why you're doing a GoFundMe. Send it out to everybody. Get real. Now, this is the second time I've done this episode, so this year I'm stepping up my game. I have a, a little segment in here where I talk to you about a really extreme thing that you can do, but I'm going to make it interesting this year. I have a challenge for you. If you go through the podcast and you find the ones that you think make the most sense and would maybe help your family understand that you're serious about this, print out the transcripts of the podcast, highlight the areas that are relevant to your situation and then put them into like those fancy work presentation binders with the highlights and all that and the little binder on the side. And then before dinner, drop them on the plate. Now here's the challenge. If you do that and everyone's got like little work presentation binders on their plates, like it's a conference room instead of a Thanksgiving dinner table and you videotape it and the video's legit, none of that fake stuff, and you send it to me, and you close on a home in 2022 because of that binder presentation this Thanksgiving, I swear, if that video is legit and I can verify it, I will help pay for your housewarming party in that new home. Yeah, in fact, I might need a Zoom, a Zoom call with your parents to verify. Of course, where I will mock you mercilessly and tell them that I have no idea what you're talking about and I never told you to do that. But if I can verify, I will pay for a housewarming party for you. And look, your parents won't even know about it. What, you think they're going to figure out how to listen to a podcast? Please, I can say whatever I want here. They're never going to hear it. Yeah, that's my challenge. I'm serious about it. What the heck?
Look, if you are really fortunate and your parents are planning on leaving you some kind of inheritance, this is a big one. Have a frank discussion with them about instead of that money growing somewhere else in a stock asset or a bond asset or a savings asset or just sitting somewhere growing slowly, why not use that money today in something very, very safe that you can actually utilize daily, but will still grow and still be a large part of your financial future? That asset of a home, it's going to be the foundation of your financial future. It's going to gain appreciation based on 200 years of historical data, and it will provide an immediate tax shelter as well. It's also going to be creating an asset that everybody can enjoy. You can invite them over for Thanksgiving, and you can do it while you're all young enough to be present and enjoy it. I actually had a meeting yesterday with a, a longtime friend of mine. She's a remarkable gal that I grew up with, and her mom gave her a condo. And when she moved out, mom moved out, got another house and just gave her her condo. She was going to give her as an inheritance, but instead of selling it, she just gave it to her, put her on title and she lives there now. So now the daughter called me and said, we're trying to figure out what to do. We've got this condo, this early inheritance. And her mom called it that. And she's like, what can I do? And I said, this is awesome. Let's sit down and talk. So as we started talking, she starts smiling. She's like, oh my God, I'm in option land. That's what she called it, option land. They could sell, buy a bigger place, or they could refinance and use the cash for all kinds of different things. And then they're trying to figure out, well, she would take out money and then fix it up and sell it. There's all kinds of options they have because mom decided that she was going to give her the inheritance 20 or 30 years early. Now, if it was stuck someplace safe, would it grow? Yes, but if you work with that inheritance responsibly as that simple asset that does grow as well, then you're still going to end up at the same place. Okay, finally, the best suck up to parents, and I probably should have put this at the beginning, but maybe you start with this one because parents love this one, is credit. And the biggest credit hack in the world And it's also the one that is the most underutilized is the authorized user. Now, I'll get deep into that in episode three and eight, so you can go back and listen to that. But let me give you the quick rundown. If you looked at how they determine credit as a pie chart, real simple, Google credit pie chart, you'll see there's like four or five different slices in every single one. Credit history is 15%. And how does your credit history grow? You can't change it. Your credit history started the day you got a credit card. So if that was a year ago, two years ago, or eight years ago, you're not gonna be able to change that. Well, imagine that you could change that like double or triple the time on that. Now that one little slice, that 15% slice that you can't do anything about daily, it goes up huge. So if your folks have an emergency card that they've had forever, and they've just let it get higher and higher available credit balance on it, A lot of parents do this. It's a common practice for the greatest generation and whatever the next generation was. And it's a really smart thing to do because you have that emergency backup there. Well, if you can get on that, not only does it increase your credit history, but it also increases your credit utilization, a 30% piece of that pie. Because now if you've got a $10,000 card that's seven years old, your credit history, the 15% piece, that's only seven years and you're using 2,000 of 10,000. So your credit utilization is, you know, using 20% of $10,000. Now, 
If your parents have an emergency $50,000 credit card that has 35 years of history, well, now suddenly you have 35 years of total history and $60,000 worth of credit and you're only using 2,000 of it. If you don't understand all this, go back and listen to the episode. All you're doing is becoming an authorized user on a card. And you get all that and it's nothing and no stress and no risk to them. I did this as a little experiment at age 50. Just for fun, I raised my credit score 40 points. Yeah, because I got on my mom and dad's emergency card. That was exactly what I was talking about. $50,000 emergency card with 35-year history. And all it took was a one phone call to my dad that took 40 minutes. And then I hung up on him because I was so frustrated. Then I called back in 45 minutes and tried to explain how this would not affect his credit in any way. I told him this was my job to explain stuff to people. And I know it cannot hurt him at all. All he has to do is add me, have the card sent to his house with my name on it, cut it up, and he never has to think about it again. Doesn't matter what happens with my credit, nothing will happen to him. So then he still needed me to explain it to him one more time. So I hung up on him again, called my mom, and she did it later. I seriously wish I was beefing that up for dramatic effect just to be funny on the show, but I totally didn't. It happened. Okay, so all you do is you have mom, dad, and uncle, grandma add you to their card. The bigger available credit, the better. Now, assure this family member that you are never going to touch this card. You're never going to see it. And if your credit goes in the toilet, it won't affect them at all. It has nothing to do with with their credit score. In fact, all it will do is as your credit starts to go in the toilet, it will actually slow the process for you, not affecting them at all. Only if you actually figure out a way to use that account that they put you on and you go out and go on a bender, will their credit be affected, all right? It's absolutely not affecting their credit. Repeat, it will not affect their credit. Now, most of the time, they will not believe you when you tell them that. So make sure you have your information and back it up. Last little piece on this, Visa or MasterCard is the best, and the larger available credit, that's even better, and the older and the longer, the better. So, like, don't use their Sears card from a million years ago. There's only, like, four Sears left anyway. Okay, so there you go. That is my annual reminder that it tis the season to suck up to family and friends. Make your dreams happen over pumpkin pie. And let's remember that the holidays are a time for sharing and Together, we can help make a lot of people in a better financial place for their life if you just take a minute to share the podcast right from your phone, text it, share it. You can do it right there or your computer. I'm sure you know someone out there who needs this guidance, and I would love to share an even more powerful gift with you. I'm going to keep dropping these truth bombs and knowledge nuggets that maybe as often as every single week or whenever I get around to it. I'd like to share the gift of you being able to beat the system by you getting in touch with a unicorn in your area. So hit me up at howtobuyahome.com. Direct message me on Instagram at David Sedoni. Join the Facebook group, How to Buy a Home. Ask me for a unicorn for Christmas, and I can probably deliver them right under your tree. That probably won't go over very well, but I'll get a shot. And every time of this year, I do have to thank you for helping me with this passion project. By far, the number one response to what has helped you listeners out there the most is you. Listeners all over say that the real stories from other listeners are their biggest inspirations, their biggest aha moments. (laughs) The biggest learning that people get from the podcast is not from me. And frankly, that's a little hurtful. Damn, I just thought about it. No, I'm kidding. It's phenomenal. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing. And 
by listening to the podcast, taking this information, you are inspiring other people. And thank you so much for that. I felt like I was one guy out here on an island trying to help people. And now I realize that we are a team helping everybody to live their best life. So I really do humbly thank you for your support, your trust, and your stories. Thanks for the reviews, the sharing the podcast, the getting the word out so that together we can help so many people find these secrets to help them thrive and succeed. It's all you, and I can't thank you enough. Thanks for making my ramblings in a microphone lift up others. It's overwhelming to me, and I say to my kids all the time that we say thank you when someone passes you the salt. So I make sure I let them know, like, look, if you really want to say thank somebody, make sure that you say more than what you do when you're passing the salt. Say more. So now with humility and an absurd amount of gratitude and gratefulness, I say to you more, much, much more than thank you from me and from the thousands of listeners that you've helped as well. So may your holidays be filled with abundance and joy and silliness and playfulness And I hope that you always know in your heart, you can do this.